The Raging Cajuns and the Vols play hoops on Thursday. So for Wednesday, it's a crossover edition with Locked On Vols. It's Locked On Sunbelt. You are Locked On Sunbelt, your daily podcast on the Sunbelt Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to another edition of Lockdown Sunbelt. I'm your host, Dave Schultz. This is your team every day. We'll get right into it with our colleague, Eric Kane from Lockdown Vols. Right after I tell you, this episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Lockdown. Make every moment more. Visit fanduel.com slash Lockdown today to get started. So we have a crossover edition. We talk about the Raging Cajuns. We talk about the Vols. We preview Thursday's matchup in the NCAA tournament with Lockdown Vols, Eric Kane. All right, we got a little Locked On crossover edition. David Schultz of Locked On Sunbelts and I'm Eric Kane here on Locked On Balls. First round matchup. It's going to be a late one. Thursday night, 940 Eastern Time. You got fourth seeded Tennessee going up against the 13th seed Louisiana. Uh, David, for Tennessee fans who don't know anything about the Raging Cajuns, anything about the basketball program, the first time they heard that they had a basketball team might have been on, on Selection Sunday. Tell us just a little bit about this Louisiana club, a team that's capable of, capable of beating you if you don't show up. Yeah, a little a little history first, right? So this is where Andrew Tony, when it was probably Southwest Louisiana, went, uh, and they had some, you know, issues with the coach back in the day, bringing in African Americans, and that was frowned upon uh, at the time. And they found a little rinky dink rule that may have been broken, like a plane ticket was paid for, or something like that, and so they went on probation and. It's taken a long time for them to recover. So Bob Marlin ends up taking them to the uh, NCAA tournament. They won the Sun Belt in 2014. Sean Long was inside. Alfred Payton, who went from a zero-star recruit to a lottery pick. Uh, they, he led them to the uh, NCAA tournament where they lost to Doug McDermott and Creighton. Uh, this one is a little bit different because uh, they have a bunch of Robins to the Batman. The Batman mm-hmm. is Jordan Brown. And we'll get to, you know, what – you know, the big thing is, is how are they going to defend Jordan Brown uh, against South Alabama in the first two games that they played the Jaguars? He was 22 of 27 combined. He missed a combined five shots in the second game. I think he hit six straight to begin the second half. And that was basically the ball game. He is a monster. Uh, he had a 26 and 20 ball game this year. So it's going to be very interesting to see how Tennessee uh, defends him. The question is, who is going to be? Uh, the Robin theme is folks is does not shoot three pointers. He is the point guard. Although in the Sunbelt championship game, he made three, uh, three pointers, which gave him a grand total of 14 for the entire season. So he is a, he is a, a drive and dish kind of point guard. Uh, you do have Garnett on the outside uh, to shoot it, but also Greg Williams, a local kid out of, out of Lafayette who uh, was banged up in the Sunbelt tournament. And we'll see if he comes back and you got uh Delacorte as well, who can defend and shoot it. But you also have some size, Terrence Lewis, uh, the second, and uh, Joe Charles off the bench. So it is it is a deep team. It is an athletic team. They are the polar opposite of Tennessee. They want to get up and down, and they want to score. And the one thing they will do is they will fight you off the three-point line. They will defend the three-point line. They will you know, give up all the twos that you want, but they're not going to give up threes. And that was one of the keys to defeating South Alabama in the Sunbelt Championship game. Isaiah Moore doesn't shoot threes, although he made one in that ball game. He had 33 points, but 
the Cajuns come away with a victory because uh, South Alabama was only three of 10 from three point land. It looks like Louisiana has three players that average in double figures. Of course, Jordan Brown, as you mentioned, uh, close to 20 points at 19.4. Mm. Greg Williams at 13 and Terrence Lewis at, uh, at 11. And you mentioned the three-pointer. I know talking about defending it, but kind of in my research, and tell me if this is on base or not, but it, it looks like offensively Louisiana can shoot the three. They just don't always yes. rely on the three. Like when they shoot it, they, they're typically efficient with it, but that's not necessarily their game offensively. Is that is that right? Oh, no, he's an analytical guy. Yes, he wants no. to shoot. It was a big deal for me when I was covering the Cajuns back in the day. Uh, they would they shoot threes and layups. They are Alabama. That's what they like to do. Now, against South Alabama in the uh, Sunbelt Championship game, they turned Jordan Brown because they were double-teaming him. They turned him into a jump shooter, and he can make a 15-foot jumper if, if you leave him open. No, but they are looking to shoot threes or layups, uh, get fouled, go to the line. That is the one issue that they have. They are not a good free throw shooting team. Jordan Brown is not a good free throw shooter. These games tend to come down to that, so that could be an Achilles heel uh, for the Cajuns. But, no, they want to shoot threes, and they want a laps. They are not a, a mid-range shooting team. Well, it's funny because Tennessee is a horrific free throw shooting team as well. So, I think I did oh. see a stat to where, like, I think Tennessee may be in the 200s and Louisiana may be in the 300s in terms of field goal or free throw percentage. Or it, it's both teams are way down there, which is not great. Um, how has Louisiana been in big-time uh, games this season? I, I see the the combined quad one and quad two record, I believe, is one and five. Uh, when, when they've been on that stage against a Power 5 opponent or whomever, kind of how have they looked? Well, they got rocked by Texas uh, earlier on the season, but then I think they went on – like a, a, well, I, I think they lost their first two ball games in the Sun Belt, but they collected themselves and they won ten straight. And they had a big ball game at home against Marshall, which was maybe bigger for Marshall, and they couldn't do it. Uh, they beat Southern Miss at home, uh, and then they they stubbed their toe a little bit. Honestly, they they lost to Southern Miss. Uh, Southern Miss had their biggest crowd in five years there, almost eighty one hundred. Uh, so that was a factor. They had some travel issues getting to Troy's. They. Uh, did not uh, play well in the second half. And then they lost a third game in there. Uh, so they lost three of four. But the schedule kind of turned. They got Arkansas State at home. And then uh, South Alabama, which is a bad matchup for South Alabama. And then they kind of ran through the Sun Belt Championship. They got a double bye. Uh, they took care of Georgia Southern with, e with ease. Texas Southern is just one of those pain in the backside teams that should not be very good, but are very good. And you know, 12-point leads turned into two really quickly because mm -hmm. they just don't go away. And it, it doesn't matter how good you are. They just don't give up. Uh, and South Alabama was playing very well. So, uh, you know, they they, they could have easily lost to, uh, to Texas State. And they could have easily lost to South Alabama. Uh, but they were the best team in the Sun Belt. They were the preseason pick. Uh, some teams, Marshall and Southern Miss, had some huge turnarounds from the year before. Uh, but uh, they are very talented. Uh, when they went to um, – play again uh, Creighton Sean Long got into foul trouble this is a decade ago and so it was it was a tough a tough deal because Sean Long was playing very well uh, at the time I think they tied it early in the second half but they just could not hang because he continued in foul trouble and that'll be one of the keys if if Jordan Brown or the game is not called where every little touch foul is uh, is uh, the whistle is blown they uh, you know they, Jordan Brown can hang he will be I'll be surprised Eric if Jordan Brown is not the best player on the court he could be the best player on the court a lot of times that is who wins the ball game, but maybe yeah. not in this case because it's it's a you know power five versus group of five. But Jordan Brown entering the game, Jordan Brown's the best player on the court. Yeah, and that's last last thing I have for you in terms of a scout here for Louisiana. Jordan Brown, 
correct me if I'm wrong, I believe he signed at a high school in Nevada. Uh, with, yes. Yeah, and then he went to uh, Arizona, correct. and then now he's at Louisiana. Former five-star, right. six foot 11, 225 pounds. Again, 19.4 points per game, 8.7 rebounds per game. Why is he going to be the best player on the court? Not disputing that because I, I think you're right. What does he do well that's going to impact the game and give Tennessee trouble? Well, he is a rebounding machine. All right. Even when he only had like uh, 16 points, I think, against South Alabama, uh, I still think he had like 15 rebounds. Uh, He's a rebounding machine. He is not the most athletic of all guys. Right. Uh, He's not necessarily going to beat you down the court, uh, but he's going to block shots and he's going to rebound. And he's really good getting to angles. He's really good with his pivot foot. He's really good with the pump fakes. And he's really strong and he's really big. And they don't have those. We don't have those kind of guys in college basketball or anywhere for that fact of the matter, uh, that much anymore. So he's a mismatch for most. And so when we come back, it'll be interesting, your thoughts, because I'm going to presume that Tennessee is going to see how good he is and then decide whether they double-team him or not. Mm -hmm. Uh, And he did a good job getting rid of the ball against South Alabama. He had some turnovers. They were physical with him. uh, But, you know, his player, his uh, teammates stepped up. So it'll be interesting to see how he is defended uh, because he's really good. His father played for the Cajuns. Uh, they almost got him coming out of high school, but went elsewhere, and, and now he's back and, you know, took him to the Sunbelt Championship game last year and, and won the Sunbelt Championship this year. So he's, he's really good, and he's tough to defend because not only is he good under the basket, but he can step away, you know, and hit an elbow jumper. All right, let's take a timeout. When we come back, I will talk to Eric Kane about the Vols, how they plan to defend the Cajuns and specifically Jordan Brown. Uh, But first, it's all about FanDuel. It's a great time to download uh, the app. It's the midway point of the NBA season. Now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything, from the money line to point scores and threes drained. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlay. So don't miss out on a chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sports betting partner of the NBA. Let's get back to our crossover edition with Locked On Vols, Eric A. All right, we are back. Locked On Sunbelt crossover edition with Locked On Vols host Eric Kane. We're talking Raging Cajuns basketball and Tennessee Vols basketball. 940, allegedly tip-off Eastern time on Thursday night. Uh, let's talk about the health of both teams. You know, Greg Williams got injured in the Sunbelt Conference tournament, but obviously uh, Zakai Ziegler is out with a uh, knee injury from the end of the season. Uh, how uh, how otherwise, how healthy is uh, is Tennessee, Eric, heading into this matchup? You know, David, it's it's been a beat up team, man, and you know a lot of that's contributing to the five and seven record for Tennessee entering the NCAA tournaments. Uh, but you know, outside of Zakai Ziegler, Tennessee's in good shape right now, right? Josiah Jordan James has missed a lot of the season in and out of lineup with a knee injury. Uh, Julian Phillips has missed a lot of February's games with uh, with a hip flexor. Santiago Vescovi has never really looked right all year long. I think he's got a nagging shoulder. But all those guys are going to play. You just are not going to have your your all-SEC point guard in Sakai Ziegler, who is one of the few guys offensively that can create a shot for himself for Tennessee, but a fantastic perimeter defender, 
arguably the best defender on this team and the spark plug for Tennessee. Uh, that's the only one in Zakai Ziegler that's really going to be out that's going to make a big-time difference. All those other guys should uh, be in there and playing, but it's been an, an injury-filled season for Tennessee, no doubt. So that that is a tough thing because, you know, last week, if we were watching, everybody, a lot of places had Tennessee playing a Louisiana, uh, and then all of a sudden Duke won the ACC, and then they switched it up, and then it ended up being Tennessee because I think that's a good matchup for the Cajuns because of the injury to Ziegler. If this was – if Zakai Ziegler was in there, I would not give the Cajuns much of a chance. I think they have a shot to pull off this upset. Uh, usually, and this is – they're two different kind of kind of teams, right? Cajuns want to get up and down, and Tennessee wants to be methodical. Uh, when you're looking at Tennessee's uh, wins, the other team rarely scores over 65. Yeah, I mean, Tennessee's defense has been fantastic. But yeah. but again, you go back and watch those games since Zakai Ziegler and, you know, outside of Ole Miss in the first round of the uh, SEC tournaments, Tennessee's been giving up some points, right? 79 points to Missouri in the quarterfinal round of the SEC tournaments. Um, Give up a lot. Uh, the, the, the final game of the regular season, you know, with Auburn as well, got over 70 points. So there's some... You know, there's some cracks in that in that foundation now that Zakai Ziegler is out, especially the perimeter defense. But Tennessee is a really good defense in terms of suffocating, really good in terms of health defense. They play zone. They've also played man that can switch some things off and do a couple different things. Number one rated defense in the country in terms of uh, you know the, the defensive efficiency ratings and and Ken Palm as well for I want to say about 14 weeks now. So uh, this is a defense that is really really you know solid, but it is it is not as good. Without Zakai Ziegler, I'm just going to point that out there. So, you know, we'll see. Um, it's going to be in intriguing. They do a good job of adapting to different types of offenses. I think they can run with anybody. Um, but the way they play suffocating defense, I'm intrigued to see how that hinders or, or faults the the pace of play and the the, the fast-breaking mentality type of trying to get up and down the court for Louisiana. I think it should be a good matchup. But Tennessee shut down some of the better offenses in the country this year, and uh, they're going to be up for the challenge on Thursday, I would imagine. All right, so then how do they go about defending uh, Jordan Brown, you know, the Cajuns inside post player? Do they start off double teaming or do they test him or uh, how does that work? I don't think they start off double teaming him. I just think that you, you you have a rotation of bigs that's just going to try to get a little, little piece of him, right? I mean, he's a guy that's going to get his points. He's a guy that, and I think Tennessee will, will most likely take the approach of, you know, we don't want to let him take over the game, but he can get his as long as his Robins you know, or, or, or not, are not, are kind of held in check or not having good days at the office, right? Um, he could, as you point out, very well be the best player on the court that day, but Tennessee could still come away with a win. So I think Tennessee will start with the Jonas Adu kind of on him and then then Olivier Kumwa, then probably an Uros Plafsic, and then maybe a Toby Walk at the end. But I do think it'll be kind of a rotation, different looks, try to keep him off balance by throwing different looks at him. And of course, the help defense will be there when needed if he you know goes from one block to the other from the lane down to the block, whatever the case may be. All right, so who do you think, and it is a crossover edition, Locked On uh, Sunbelt and Locked On Vols, Dave Schultz, Eric Kay. All right, so uh, who do you think should be the key guy that the Cajuns have to uh, defend? That's a good question. Um, <laughs> you, you, you talk about... There's so many of them, or... Well, no, it, it, it's very inconsistent. I mean, the answer is Santiago Vescovi, okay? That's, okay? that's the easy answer, but, right. like... Tennessee has just been so inconsistent on the offensive end this year. It's it's been abysmal. But Santiago Vescovi is an all SEC first teamer. Okay, he is a good player. Um, there'll be some nights where he shows up and he's three of fourteen from the field. There'll be some nights where he shows up and he's nine of thirteen from the field. 
he will shoot the three ball and he is a guy capable of you know getting you 15 points every single game whether he's hot from the field or not he'll get to the free throw line um, and again, I, I don't think that he's been healthy all season long, but Santiago Vescovi is probably that easy answer. But here's the caveat there. Josiah Jordan James is capable of scoring you 25 if you don't watch out. Um, Olivier Comois scored 27 against Texas. He had a double-double with 11 rebounds and 10 points the other night, but uh, he's been super inconsistent all season long. Zakai Ziegler, of course, was playing better than arguably anybody in the SEC for about a, a month stretch of the season, but you know he's out. So it's... It's Santiago Vescovi, but there are some other guys who are capable of jumping up and, and kind of leading that team in scoring or helping Vescovi on a given night. It's just never been a consistent person you can count on. All right, let's take one more time out. When we come back with Eric Kane, we will discuss what kind of point totals will the Cajuns have to make him nervous. Remember, the, uh, the Vols are very good defensively, and the Cajuns start getting into the mid-60s or low-70s, which will be incredibly difficult. Uh, the Vols fans may start to get nervous. But again, more special thanks. Uh, you guys are continuing to download. You're continuing to share. Uh, you're continuing to subscribe. Really appreciate it. Again, just search Lockdown Sunbelt anywhere in uh, YouTube or anywhere that you get your podcasts. We are growing by leaps and bounds. In fact, we have more subscribers over the last month than we did for the previous three months. So really appreciate it. Again, more spring football talk is coming your way. Uh, again, South Alabama opening up spring football on Friday the 17th, so we'll probably preview that later on in the week. All right, let's wrap up our conversation with Lockdown Vols' Eric Kane. What kind of point totals do the Cajuns have to put up before or when uh, the the uh, the Vols fans may start getting nervous? All right, so give me a number. The Cajuns average about 75 points a game, and Tennessee gives up a total of 58 points a game. What number do you start getting nervous at that it may be getting away from the Vols? In terms of points given up? Yeah, points all of a sudden. The all of a sudden, the Cajuns are are you know closing in on sixty five. They're closing in on seventy. Obviously, if they're not closing in on those numbers, Tennessee is going to be yeah. either going going to be right there or going to win it rather easily. Um, I'll say about sixty five. I mean, you know, Tennessee has not allowed opponents uh, over seventy, but I think just a couple of times this season. Um, you know, typically they can win a lot of games. They can they can ugly up some games if they need to especially on the offensive end if they're not having a good game. So, you know, if, if, if Louisiana gets anywhere, like sniffing around 65 or so, I think that's uh, that that's cause for sounding the alarm just a little bit because Tennessee has been just that good defensively all season long. All right, let's wrap it up here. A little uh, locked on crossover. Uh, myself, Dave Schultz, locked on Sunbelt, Eric Kane, locked on Vols. Rick Barnes get a bad rap. He's a really good basketball coach. I know he hasn't one as much as people would have liked, but he does a really good job and he's done it for a really long time. What are we looking at? Providence, Texas, and Tennessee. He's had a really solid career. And Clemson. And Clemson. Yeah. It, it, it's funny, man, because I mean, there's always that, and you know how it is, you, you, you cover sports for a long time, there's always that small minority that is, all, that is always the most vocal, right? And um, Rick Barnes is a Hall of Fame coach. He is a mm. good coach. It is absolutely 100% fair to have expectations raised here in Knoxville for the basketball team. That's 100% fair because Rick Barnes, what he's brought to Knoxville. You know, before Rick Barnes got to Knoxville, I, I beg anybody to go and look at the history books, look at the record books. This was not a desirable place outside of a couple of years here and there, and of course the Bruce Pearl tenure, to come and play basketball. Tennessee was not routinely a four or a three or a, five, a top five seed in the NCAA tournaments. Um, five stars did not come to Knoxville to play basketball. 
Um, everything has changed since Rick Barnes has been here. The, the culture that he has instilled, Tennessee will never recruit the way it is right now. And Tennessee's being picked to go and play in these big-time preseason you know, tournament games or the, the Thanksgiving tournament games or the Christmas or whatever the case may be. That was never the case before Rick Barnes. So when Tennessee, Tennessee's been in the top 25 all season long, Tennessee's been in the top 10 for the majority of the season, and it's just kind of like a lot of times fans have just come to expect it. And you might be getting a little, uh, little taking it for granted, if you will. But again, the other side of the coin is raising expectations is always fair. So Rick Barnes is 25 and 26 in the NCAA tournament. He's not very good in, in the second round. He's not been very good in the second round here at Tennessee. So uh, that that is that is cause for frustration for sure. But Tennessee is nowhere where Tennessee is in terms of a basketball school right now. It's just it's incredible when you think about it 10 years ago, and then especially before Bruce Pearl, because there were some good years of Bruce Pearl, then it went kind of down in the dumps again, and then it was back up with uh, with Rick Barnes. But outside of those two tenures, it's not been a good place for basketball. I think I've been to, well, not I think, I've been to one Tennessee basketball game in Knoxville, happened to be Allen Houston setting the all-time Tennessee scoring record. Good one to go uh, to. They did lose that ball game, though, to my Syracuse Orange. Just saying. <laughs> <laughs> good one to go to. Uh, thank you, sir. Yeah. Hey, hey, thank you, man. I really, really enjoyed it.